on your racing leader, Sky Sports Radio. It's time for On The Pace. On the Sprinter pace. down the outside, finishing brilliantly. Look at Sprinter, he's got the right name. But he says, ta-da on Bowtide. Some Bowtide brilliance here today. He'll go back to back, all right. He's making a mess of them. Bringing you all the latest harness racing happenings from around New South Wales and across the country. Yes, uh, good morning everyone. Welcome back to Sky Sports Radio. It is now time for On The Pace and the man to guide you through, the one, the only, and thank goodness for that, Mick Gearan. How are you, mate? Luke, I'm well, brother. Hope you had a good Easter. <laughs> Hope you didn't fatten up too much on the egg front. Um, mate, we had a great weekend for harness racing. It was actually really cool and it started last Thursday uh, at Cambridge in New Zealand with the first ever running of the race. And New South Wales was well represented and did themselves proud with Majestic Cruiser almost pulling off the $900,000 slot race out of Cambridge with uh, a strong second for Jason Grimson and Cameron Hart. Cameron then bounced back across the Tasman. He actually took a plane, but he ended up in Wagga and he was able to win one of the group ones there. So he is our first guest this morning. Cameron, thank you for joining us, mate. Um, Busy weekend. Yeah, no worries, Mick. Yeah, it has been a, a busy couple of days for me, for sure. Look, you, you've had a, an amazing last couple of years to your career, but this is a new thing, the going backwards and forward across the Tasman, driving at the Group 1s in both places or the top level. So how did you enjoy the experience of, of becoming a, ten, a trans-Tasman driver? Yeah, no, it's been great. You know, um, sort of growing up as a kid, you, you dream of, getting opportunities like this and I'm you know, just grateful that I've um, you know, found a connection with Majestic Cruiser to be able to do these sort of things and then to go back to, to Wagga to my you know, pretty well my hometown and, and get a big win there was uh, quite exciting. Let's talk about the race at Cambridge first. You were last on the inside on Majestic Cruiser. They lit up early. It was exciting stuff. You pulled into the three wide train, came four wide was there a time at the top of the straight you thought you might actually win? Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I thought when I was able to get marks back just before we straightened, you know, I knew my horse would get a nice kick off his helmet when I went for him again. And you know, for a split second, I thought I might have had him, but you know, marks always pretty hard to get past, and self-assured he's a champion, so he kept kicking on. But my horse ran a big race. Pretty cool moment for somebody your age, the uh, the fist pump after the line with Mark Purden, part of respect, and here you are on the big stage in New Zealand. You've been on the big stage plenty of times, of course, in Sydney, but was it a different type of feeling going to a different type of race, different type of racetrack? Um, was it something that you found exciting or invigorating, even though these days you drive at the top level quite a bit? Yeah, it definitely was. <clears throat> Sorry, Mick, a bit croaky. Um, yeah, no, it definitely was, you know. Um, I guess it was a different track and, and different trainers and drivers. So there was, you know, a lot of hype coming into the race as well. So, um, you know, you watch Mark Purden growing up and idolise him. So to cross the line with him, you know, next year, even though he beat me, it was a bit, bit disappointing, but still exciting at the same time. He's a pretty good horse, Majestic Cruiser. Jason Grimson's done a great job with him, hasn't he, really? Because... Um, he didn't start his career as a star, but right now, he's a serious horse in two countries. Yeah, definitely. He's done a super job, and you know he's gone from you know being a, a nice free for all to a grand circuit horse now, and he's 
keeps getting better and better, and hopefully we can get a, another you know couple of big results in some big races coming up. Okay, he's going to be staying, I believe, you may have an update, for the Taylor Mod at Alexandra Park this Friday or the Messenger the week after. Is that the case? And if so, will you be racking up some more frequent flyers, Miles? Yeah, I'm going to try and head back over on Friday for the Taylor Miles, so um, hopefully that all goes to plan and um, get back over there. Okay, have you raced at Alexandra Park before? Because obviously it goes in a different direction. Yeah, I went over for the Australian Young Drivers uh, Championship and, and had a drive around there, which will uh, help me a lot. And, yeah, no, looking forward to it. All right. Um, this, on the race itself, or on the night, did you did you find it was something which made you hope we have a slot race in Australia with the same sort of hype? It, it seemed to have very good energy there from a broadcaster's point of view. What was it like on the track? Did it have a nice buzz to it? Yeah, definitely. You know, it was a great atmosphere and um, Cambridge Club did a great job to, to get a lot of people out there and, you know, the lead-up and the build-up of it was great and um, something in Australia uh, similar to that would be yeah, awesome, I think, for the sport. For those people wondering when Australia may have a slot race, indications are it could be two years away and indications are it could be at Menangle. So watch the space. We'll talk to John Dummersley in coming weeks and see if he has any more update for us. Uh, it's one thing to be trying to conquer the Kiwis across the ditch, Cameron, but of course your heart's in Wagga, you're, you're from the region there and you've returned home to the place where you drove your first Group 1 winner last year and you've got another one. You've got the Riverina Championship with Ideal Dan on Saturday night and once you got the front cam and JOK had to come sit parked, it was your race to lose. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, my horse had been racing really well, and once he was able to find the front, and you know, he's a horse that can run strong fractions, and he was able to do that and, and make his roles. You know, probably have to do a little bit too much work on the outside, so that all worked out really well. Do you think he's a horse who's going to end up being a good free for all horse on Saturday nights, or better than that? Because he seems to be a horse who's improving a little bit each start, so. Hard to work out where his ceiling is. Yeah, that's right. He he seems to be going to the next level, so hopefully if he, he keeps going the way he is, um, I think he'll definitely go through the grades and do a great job. Mate, you're a Wagga boy, or you're, you're born close by there. You must be very proud to see the hometown track get a 149.7 mile. Mark Shard got the job done the other day in, in that sort of time, and Look, I must admit, I probably didn't think that was possible two or three years ago. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, the Wagga region, they've been hanging out for a good track for quite a number of years, and it's just great that they've got those sort of facilities now. And, you know, the Wagga track, it's very fast, and, you know, it showed that with a couple of quality horses down there. They can run time, and that was a great uh, night of racing down there. You drove the winner of the first two on the card. One of those is a horse called Sugar Apple, also trained by Jason Grimson. He sort of looks a derby horse. Is he a horse who, who might sneak up to Queensland for a derby? Or obviously there's other derbies a lot later in the season. Is, is he going to get to that level? Yeah, I think so. You know, um, Jason's planning on taking him up to Queensland. So, um, you know, he's a quality colt and I think he'll be very competitive up there. 
All right, mate, you're not going to call them in today. Was it just a case that you need a day off after all your travels? It's, a, it's rare for us to have a race meeting in New South Wales you're not involved in. Yeah, no, I thought I'll have a, a couple of days off. It's been a pretty big uh, week, so get back into it uh, tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow we head back to Menangle, which had the Saturday night off. Cam, have you got many there? Have you got anything worth us having a little look at tomorrow for those who can wait that long for a bit here at Sky Sports Radio? Yeah, probably my ultimate Snowy. You know, um, he's a really quality two-year-old going around in an APG heat and Miles um, Mobile, and he's stepping back to a mile racing. So I'm expecting him to sort of bounce back into his best form as well. All right, mate. Um, congratulations on such a great trip to New Zealand. You and Jack and uh, both Jacks, Jack Callaghan and Jack Trainer, Jason Grimson, all handle yourselves really well, mate. So uh, congratulations on getting the job almost done and looking forward to seeing you at Alexandra Park for the next phase of your career on Friday night. Thanks, Mick. Appreciate it. Young Cameron Hart doing a super job. I shouldn't say young because he's a senior horseman these days, but um, just mentioned, by the way, the fact that Menangle returns to racing tomorrow night. Most importantly, there is a day meeting, and you'll think to yourself, oh, well, that's, that's normal, that's standard practice, off to the races. There's actually also a night meeting. So we go day into night, and tomorrow we see the APG Gold Bullion Series heats for the two-year-olds, three-year-olds, boys, girls, all go around at Menangle. So racing Tuesday night at Menangle, and really serious racing there, with lots of good young horses. So um, some smallish fields. Race four tomorrow night was the top tip from Cameron, my ultimate snowy. So don't be confused tomorrow when you see them racing during the day. They're going to double up and we make it two in a day there at Menangle for a big day tomorrow. Brad Hewitt is one guy whose weekend rivaled that of Cam Hart. He also got a group one. He's also going to be heading to Coolum on today. So We'll talk to him first of all about what unfolded at Wagga on Saturday night. Um, Brad, nice to have you on the show, mate. Thank you for joining us. No, thanks for me. Mate, um, things are going well. Like you, you, The stable's just going from strength to strength. And the other day, you got another Group 1 with Yarraman Bella. Uh, found herself in the right race. You drove it inch perfect, and you got the job done. That must be very rewarding to get a Group 1 with a, a mere like her of a $100,000 race. Yeah, that's right, mate. Just, um, she's got a going to me lap. Um, James and Lloyd Sutton sort of had to bring me out of the blue to see if a good taker and um, try and just uh, win money in town with her and try and get a good time next to her name. But this race is coming up and yeah, she's going good enough to go in it. And um, yeah, she's doing really well on Saturday night. Okay, she's a horse who spent a lot of her career knocking around Bathurst and Dubbo and, and places like that where you probably don't expect them to be winning Group 1s, but she's clearly just kept on improving. Is she a horse now with a 152 next to her name who's going to end up with something a lot shorter than 152 next to her name? Uh, yeah, I think so, Nick. She's given every indication just with her track work and yeah, just even every start. Given her, she's gone really good and She's got like, sort of good high speed, but she's got a fair bit of bottom to her, which is the, the main thing when you go into an angle. Like, she can sustain a run for a long time. So, yeah, I think she'll be a nice Saturday night there. What do you do with her? Do you just keep going back to Menangle on Saturday nights, or is she a horse who, last year, you guys had a bit of success in Queensland, you might sneak up there looking for a nice win? 
yeah, well, that's probably just an angle um, in the short term. Nick, but um, he'll probably have a break with him the next sort of month or so, I'd say, just to yeah, freshen her up. And yeah, that could well be on the card, taking her to Queensland. Got a few there that sort of could be suited if they're going good at the right time, that like to take a team up there. But yeah, just all dependent on whether they're going good at the right time. But yeah, she'd definitely be one. A horse you took to Queensland this time last year, or in the middle of last year, was Sendit, and we haven't seen that much of him since. Now, he finished second in the Boys Riverina Championship to Cam on Ideal Dan on Saturday night. What was the issue there, Brad? Why did he need to be put aside over the summer? I just had a, a few issues with him. He had a reversal of his white cell cam, and the vet say that, yeah, they just can't go at all when, um, when they're like that. And, um, yeah, well, it's been, it was nearly six months, I think, since the last race. But even now, they're, they're still not back to normal now. But it's just a shame that yeah, if he had been spot on, I think he, he definitely could have won the other night. Taking nothing away from the winner, but my little fellow is yeah, probably the best horse I got when he's on song. But um, even... Saying that, like he he can't be too, too far off the mark the, the way he went the other night. So I was happy with how he went. What do you do for a horse when it has that situation? Because obviously white and red blood cell counts are crucial for how much oxygen they can carry to the muscles of the horses and also for fighting off infections. What do you do when these things go askew? Uh, I've been trying everything, Mick. If, if you've got any ideas, I'm happy to take them on board too, but... Uh, yeah, the vet sort of put me under some herbal uh, stuff to try and help it. And, uh, yeah, there's, like, aloe vera. As, uh, it um, reads up good, like it can help. But, yeah, it's just sort of a, a time thing. And I've talked to other trainers and they've had this problem and some of them, they never come back to 100% normal. So, in this case, and, yeah, a bit more time and that... Um, yeah, you might be able to get right back on top of things, but it's just yeah, sort of a waiting game, I guess. Another horse who took the Queensland last year um, for David was was Rock and Marty. Finished second in the Blacks of Fake up there, and he's a horse who probably hasn't rescaled those heights. He won the Wagga Cup Consolation on Saturday night. Um, where's Rock and Marty at? Because middle of last year, he looked like he was going to be a Grand Circuit horse. Yeah, uh, he's just um, well, he's just a bit sprinter, Nick, but he's another one the same. He's sort of always just got a few little niggling things with him, like he's sort of susceptible to picking up, um, yeah, like bugs and viruses and that. He seems to get crook a bit, but um, yeah, he seems to be good the last couple of weeks and yeah, back on track. But yeah, when he's on top of his game, he's, he's a really nice horse, but yeah, hopefully he can get going now after that win the other night and do his confidence good and yeah, get him back to the angle too. Mate, today we had to call him on for the cup and you have rocking with Elvis from your stable in the cup. And look, we haven't seen him since he raced in the carousel and raced at the Miracle Mile Carnival. How forward is he for this afternoon? The cup there going at 4.35. Uh, he's going OK, mate. He's going to yeah, need to run. He was, uh Supposed to trial sort of a fortnight ago, and we got washed out with the rain, so he hasn't had a trial or anything. But um, yeah, I just drive him quiet, and as long as he's finishing off, finished his race off, I'll be happy with whatever he does, and yeah, he'll be improved for the run anyway, that's for sure.
Okay, from the punter's point of view, Brad, those who have been bidding up on the wet tracks at the gallops and they're looking for a bit of help, is he a horse we can back to win or because you have to drive him conservative because he's a run short, is he going to be vulnerable today? Yeah, I'd say the, the latter next. I'd like to see him. Yeah, you always like to give him a trial, especially the, the older ones going into that grade. Like, he's probably going to be a bit short of a run, but yeah, if he gets the right, right luck and that, he's good enough to win, but yeah, sort of, I wouldn't be too confident going into today. In the, the Menangle Country Series Heat Race 7 today, you have Our Lady Lara, good, consistent mare. She doesn't win that often, but I thought the last start, second, suggested she'd be some sort of chance today. Yeah, I think the short trip sort of suits more to me and she's got a nice handy draw there. So, um, yeah, she's been sort of drawing ordinary a lot of late and yeah, she's going to get a good enough run from there and if she's not too far away, she should take some holes out too, hopefully. Mate, we head to an angle tomorrow night for a meeting which is sort of this surprised all of us. It turns up pretty quickly unless you're setting a horse for it and it's it's the APG Bullion Series races and you've got a pretty nice horse in there tomorrow night. Race four, Captain's Knock. It's number four. It's up against my ultimate Snowy who is not going to be easy to beat but Captain's Knock looked a good horse when he won on debut. Is he a good horse? Yeah, I really like him. He's going to yeah, make a nice horse especially later on in the season and yeah, going forward, but yeah, he's got really good high speed and yeah, he's just a, a nice old school stop. So, yeah, I think he, he should take a bit of beating tomorrow too. Okay, is he, does he have the gate speed to stay in front of the other favourite? Because that could be crucial, Brett. Yeah, he does have a good gate speed. He's only, obviously only had the one start and he drew wide that, that night and I went back, but yeah, he does have gate speed. So, he'll be coming out tomorrow and yeah. Um, even if you had to sit on the other one, um, you should just yeah, hopefully get across to the fence and either be in front or yeah, whatever happens, he's versatile. Like he's got good speed and he's good and strong too, so we can yeah, not uh, hand side what we have to do with him, so he should be hard to beat. Pretty nice horse of yours. You're actually going to both meetings there tomorrow because obviously they're at the same venue. You're taking Armour Renegade back to the races, um, had one start this campaign for a win. It's in race eight at the first of our Menangle meetings tomorrow. Pretty nice horses, Brad. I would have thought Armour Renegade, who was good enough to race in the best age group races when she was a two and three-year-old, I would have thought she'd be hard to beat tomorrow night, even though, or tomorrow afternoon, even though it's a, up to rating 75. I thought she was good last start. Yeah, she did go good, man. She was first up for over a year, and um, yeah, she was sort of a big good doing there and the run sort of tucked her up a bit but we're going to take a couple of runs to get back to yeah, something near her best but she's got a nice handy draw and she's got good gate speed so yeah, I'd like to think she won't be far away either. Well, mate, you've had a busy weekend, lots of success. Congratulations uh, on the Group 1 with Yarram and Bella and finishing second in another Group 1. It's uh, no mean feat. Good luck today, mate, at Coolamon. Hope things go well for you there and also for the, the double header coming out of Menangle. We appreciate your time on the show this morning, mate. No worries, mate. Thanks, mate. Brad Hewitt, doing a good job. Um, much like Cameron Hart, a little bit older, but these guys are coming through at the Group 1 level now and these are, are drivers who, when you see them against the McCarthys and the Grimsons and the Morrises and trainers like that, you start to think, well, these people have shown us now they can win these type of races. 
and well worth following not only to that call them on at the smaller meeting which is the monday afternoon meeting but of course for the double header tomorrow we talked a lot about the race and what happened at cambridge on thursday night new south wales doing themselves proud well the man who won the race and probably quite fittingly because he's new zealand's greatest ever harness trainer was mark purden he joined us on thursday morning he tipped us his three horses in order and they finished in that order so Mark, one day when you finish training, maybe you can become a radio presenter because you told us that you thought self-assured would probably be best chance over Spankham and Mark Dan. It, it worked out pretty much the way you thought it would, Mark, but I tell you what, you needed to be awfully good to win it. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and no, it, was, it was a great run. And uh, as I said to you, I think he was every bit as good as what he was uh, when he won the Cup uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, yes, his form's been really good since he's been up north. He's been racing terrific. You have been across the Tasman and back and, and all sorts of other places. You've raced horses in Sweden and you've pretty much done it all. What did you make of a slot race and maybe a new way of doing things, a bit more hype, a bit more chat? Uh, maybe it felt like a miracle mile, might have, 15 years ago when there was all that hyperbole. What did you make of it for a guy who's done so much in racing? Did it, did it make you think this is fun? Yes, well, I think when... Um it was sort of in the conversation stage and uh, there was, uh, you know, 50-50 talk that uh, won't get off the ground and when it did get off the ground, that created hype from there and uh, from the build-in to the race, um, it was great media coverage and, um, it, you know, it was a real buzz and, and, and getting to the track and, and so many young people there and lining the fence line and, and just having a great time and it... Um, you know, it was, it was sort of like the atmosphere we see on that first Tuesday in November or second Tuesday in November, like, you know. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was just, just wonderful to, to be part of it. I think eventually Australia, Mark, will get its own slot race, but one thing I discussed with you over the weekend was it'd be nice to see a trotters slot race. It'd probably be for less money, but there's some pretty good trotters around Australasia, both the New Zealand horses and the likes of Majestioso and those type of horses in Australia. I think that would add significantly to the second running of the race next year. Would you be a fan of a, a trotter's race, even though at the moment you don't have many good open-class trotters? I definitely would, Mick, and you do need those good stake races, so, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd hope it would be close. If it wasn't uh, matching the, the paces, I hope it would be close. But, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, on the programme, when I was younger, it used to be two two races, two trot races of Fill the card, and and now we're we're often seeing three and four races on the card, and and of course Maryborough does does a wonderful job of promoting the trotters, and they have a a day or two there where they're just all trotters. So um, you know trotters have grown over the years, and um, you know it'd be nice to see them recognised as equals. Self assured won the race, and you had to train him and drive him inch perfectly to do so. He's a strange horse, Mark, because he's won an Auckland Cup, a New Zealand Cup, and, and now the race. So he's won open class pacing, triple crown. He's won big races in Sydney, and he's, if it wasn't for the fact that Lock and Varart was flying, he would have won some bigger races in Australia. How good a yeah. horse is he? Because it's hard to work out, Mark. Look, I know, he may not even make your top ten because you've had so many great horses, but how good a horse actually is self-assured? Yeah, well, he's, he's just one of those guys. The most of the time, he just does everything right. Um, he's a little bit tardy from a stand early on, but he seems to have got his act together there, and he begins good. But 
you know, just one of those horses. He's versatile. Um, he, he doesn't. He's not blessed with good draws, so he's generally having to do the work. But uh, you know, you can just drop him back out off the gate, and he can. He just comes back to you nice, and you can move him up and put him in the race at any stage, and he'll relax for you there. And I think that's a big attribute when you're taking on the the top class horses that um, you know you t- they take nothing out of themselves and uh, he's got all those attributes. Mark, I've been a great believer over a long period of time that the best version of harness racing is when the Kiwis and the Australians get together, when you put Victoria and New South Wales and Queensland, occasionally WA, and the North and South Islands of New Zealand together and you get different form guides and different driving styles. I think it's the best version. I think we saw a little bit of that on Thursday night. Is it something you're looking forward to being back involved in? Are you looking forward to, to going to the Constellations, to going to an Inter-Dominions, to, to getting involved back in a Miracle Mile carnival after two years, Mark, when you haven't really been able to get to those things? Yes, definitely, Nick. It's, it's nice to be part of those sort of carnivals and the atmosphere there that they create. Um, you, you do miss it when you're just racing at home all the time. Um, yeah, and, and and of course, if you've got the horsepower, well, you've really got to you've really got to go to those carnivals to really maximise their earning capacity. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to you know all these restrictions behind us now and and taking part in those sort of events. Okay, that raises the constellations, which is the new carnival in July out of Queensland. I, I take it if they're all happy and sound, self-assured would go there, Mark Dan might go there, is there a chance a spanker may turn up over there, or does his issues with dust, which seems to annoy him, would that maybe rule him out of a Queensland carnival? Um, probably probably not entirely, because he's really only well, he only had a second start um, in the race, so um, <laughs> it would probably be something we'd seriously look at with him, I think, and... Um, yeah, it'll, now he's an older horse too. He wouldn't want the length of time off that he's had other years. So uh, you know, maybe maybe something we'll be looking at with Spankham as well. But um, yeah, just talking with Jean, I'm, I'm not sure whether Jean's just as keen on self-assured going. I think she's more keen on having a break and um, perhaps preparing for another New Zealand Cup. All right, we talked about um, feature races lying ahead and the Inter-Dominions these days have a fair bit more travelling involved. And we discussed this with several people going through New South Wales last season. Some trainers like it, some trainers don't like it. It's obviously different also if you don't have a home base with something like the Victorian Inter-Dominions. Is it a case where you entertain going to that, where you're going to need to go to Shepparton and Ballarat and Bendigo and, and go to these different tracks all in the same week? Is it something you don't entertain or do you get through the New Zealand Cup Carnival and see how your horses are handling things? Yeah, I usually make my plans after the New Zealand Cup week. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that keen on the what they did last year with the Inter-Dominion. So, um, you know, if, you, if you're in Victoria and, and, and those country tracks are a little bit closer, but uh, I thought it was asking a lot of a horse um, what they did in, in Sydney last year. Okay, so... With a horse like Self Assured, is that something where a Jean Feast makes the decision? She's based in Victoria, or does she give you her opinion and then you and Natalie make that decision together? What, what's the modus operandi for deciding who does and doesn't get on planes to go to Australia? Yeah, well, generally, you know, Jean generally leaves everything to uh, 
to me, really. But um, naturally, you've got to respect her opinion. And uh, in this case, when we just talked briefly after the race, she said that you know her preference would to uh, probably spell him at the end of uh, after the Auckland Cup and um, and maybe set him for another New Zealand Cup. All right, Mark. About. 18 months ago, you and your partner Natalie, Natalie Rasmussen, of course, you, you took a step away from harness racing and you decided you wanted to go look at things. Not that there was many things to look at because you couldn't go overseas. But <laughs> you spent some time not getting out of bed at 5 o'clock in the morning and, and not having to go to race meetings and trials every day. Then you came back to training in about October. You're now training with Hayden Cullen. Has it changed anything for you? Like I remember, I don't know, maybe five years ago, you might have had, and I'm guessing, but you might have had 100 horses in work, Mark. Is it a case now you have a smaller team? Do you spend a bit more time away from harness racing? How did that sabbatical affect you and affect the business heading forward or, in fact, your attitude to the business? Yeah, well, uh, first thing you realise is how time poor you are when you're working so hard. So uh, something I've been more conscious of coming back that um, we do have that um, that little bit of time out um, through the week and uh, make that a priority. Um, but, um, you know, travelling was probably a part that um, wore you out too because we, we just went from one carnival to the next to the next and, uh, you know, I would leave Christchurch in mid-November and head to Auckland and I'd be away for three and a half months every, and I'd done it the last sort of 10 years. So living out of a suitcase for that length of time would just worn out. And then, of course, when we bought horses out of the sales from Sydney and Melbourne, we'd be back there probably April and to take on the APG or Breeders' Crown was in August then. Uh, those sort of events. So, uh, you know, I really was spending half the year in Australia and just living life like that and being separate from Natalie for that length of time was just taking its toll. Yep. Well, mate, it sounds like the balance is better now, but um, so is the bank account balance because you're still winning these big races, Mark. Uh, you're still enjoying it. Did you enjoy going over the line? We spoke to Cam Hart earlier. He said you were one of the, the legends growing up and you guys had the fist pump after the line and I think he was, was quite thrilled to be part of it, even though he would have liked to have been in front for the fist pump. Yes, yeah, that was a nice gesture by Cam. And, uh, yeah, the, the rivalry between Australia and New Zealand just made the race. Um, and, um, you know, always used to enjoy coming to Melbourne and or, and, and particularly when we raced at the Valley, you know, it was, it was really great racing and uh, something you sort of miss. So uh, no, it was nice to have, have the other way, the Australians coming this side. Mark, you've done a fantastic job helping promote the race and harness racing in general over the last couple of months. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing what happens with Self Assured and Spankham and all these horses, mate. But thank you for all your time uh, over the last week from the Sky Sport Radio listeners, mate. Hey, that's good, mate. It's nice to have a horse where you, <laughs> you get that publicity and uh, an acknowledgement. Mark, I don't, think you've, I don't think you've ever not had a horse who got that publicity and acknowledgement, Mark. So I, I, I appreciate the sentiment, but I think it's been a long time since you haven't been doing media interviews. So <laughs> I think it will be continuing for a bit longer. Yeah, <laughs> good, Mick. That's Mark Purden took out the first running of the race, the slot race for harness racing. It'll be a million dollars next year. Um, very informative on the pace this morning. Cullerman Cup day today, if you feel like having a bet there. All the odds on tab.com.au and... Look, Luke, I know you're a busy man. It's been a very busy time for the championships and stuff and the, the all-age stakes on Saturday as I throw back to you. But 
I think there's a fair bit in this for harness racing. I think getting the Trans-Tasman horses together, getting them all running for, yes, it's slot money racing. I think it's what harness racing needs, bizarrely even more so than the gallops, because I think it actually creates a bit more interest for one of the smaller of the codes. I can't wait to see one, and I'm sure it's going to happen, for Australian harness racing, potentially at Menangle. Luke will get on top of that and try and find out for the punters when it's going to be. Well, watch this space, Mick. Enjoy the show, and happy Easter, mate. Thank you too, brother. Mick Gearan, that's been On The Pace, and that's been my contribution on Sky Sports Radio for your Easter Monday. Grant Boyden is in the chair next. Have a great day, everyone.